Pike County Correctional Facility because a gentleman who at that time was part of this congregation found himself there and he wasn't ever in trouble in his life before. It wasn't like he was, you know, a problem from childhood and no one's surprised that he's there. No, people were surprised that he was there. But when you understood the circumstances, yeah, he needed to be there. But he was understandably frightened and bewildered by everything. So I went to visit him. And um, after a few visits, he said to me, hey, I got a new bunk mate. And for whatever reason, his pastor, his church, they're, they're not visiting. And he was wondering if you would be willing to, to speak with them. I said, absolutely. So we set that up, went through the right channels of the jail so we could also, the next time I was there, meet with someone named Paul Burke. And, wow, Paul, almost nine years. <laughs> we are dear friends. You've seen Paul here for a couple of months now, a little bit on Sundays, and um, I'm, I'm going to let you, at this point, Paul, just share your story of, of transformation with the church. So let's encourage Paul as he comes up. Oh boy. If I fall asleep during this church session, please someone wake me up. <laughs> well, my name's Paul. I saw that on the board and I thought, oh boy, there it goes, you know. <laughs> and uh, what do you say? And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, Pastor Paul asked me, uh, you know, when this started, even earlier this morning, you know, would you like to rehearse? And uh, I said, no, you know, the, I'm here because God gave me a, a path and a message and something to, uh, to, uh, to live and call and answer to, and I, I can't practice that ahead of time. Listen, man, if you had told me what I was going to go through to be standing here in front of you today, I'd have said, I ain't signing up for that. There's no way I'm signing up for that. But here I am. And, uh, you know, it did. It, it started ending up in a place that I didn't think I could end up in. You know, I had... Everything, you know, I had a, a, I don't know, at the time, 16 to 18 years recovery from a cocaine addiction. I owned my homes, two homes, my cars. I had kids, grandkids. I mean, a, a 20 some, 27 years of marriage. Come on. We've been through it. But something was wrong. Something just wasn't right in, 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 in my life. And let me tell you what, I did not feel joyful. I added all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, now, I'll start even a little earlier. Uh, you know, years ago in the 80s when I walked the streets of Camden, New Jersey, I mean, I was empty. I had nothing. There was nights where I couldn't find a warm spot to stay. I had not a nickel or a dime in my pocket. And here I was, you know, 18 years, some years later, and life was great. I had everything. But I didn't. And I ask you, how many people here have ever said a, a bad prayer? You know what a bad prayer is? A bad prayer, I'll watch my language, is when you go outside and you tell God, 
I'm not happy. And I don't know why. And I come to this building and I pray with these people and I carry this Bible and I do all this stuff. But why? Why, why did I feel so empty? And I did. I went outside at the beginning of 2014 in a pouring rainstorm and I said a really bad prayer. And I got mad. And I let God know how I felt. I felt alone. I felt empty. I felt worthless. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why he would allow me to continue living like this. Well, God answered my prayer. <laughs> and if you thought that it was the way that I wanted, you know, I, I did. I wanted God to answer my prayer. But I wanted God to answer my prayer under the circumstances of the way that I wanted God to answer my prayer. See, this is what I want you to do. And I want it all to feel this way and be this way because that's what I think. And today, the first thing, uh, scripture I want to mention is Psalms 23, because it says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, the first guy that came to visit me at the jail, because like my pastor didn't come. Nobody in my church came. And they sent this guy that I didn't even know. And he says to me, well, what you want and what God wants are probably two different things. And I said, listen, go back, get my wife, get my kids. I want this stuff. I want to play the country song backwards and get all this stuff back. And I don't want to hear this crap. Are you kidding me? What God wants and what I want are two different things. No. And that guy, I never saw him again. And then Pastor Paul Miller walks in. Carlos Guzman, you know. My friend, and I love Carlos. It was funny because he's from Puerto Rico, and everybody's like, yeah, that guy's getting deported. I'm like, it's from Puerto Rico. You know? <laughs> so I had a better chance of getting deported to Ireland. So, you know, we had become good friends, and I had met people. Uh, Carlos opened the door for me to meet people from all over the world because Pike County was an immigration jail. You know, and there was people from all over the world, people that weren't necessarily criminals, but hadn't renewed a, a green card or some type of, a lot of people with the paperwork went wrong and what have you. But as I realized for the first time in my life, maybe what God wanted and I wanted were two different things, and I was not happy about it, I was introduced to meet different people. And I met this guy named uh, uh, Pastor Vanderpooji, and he was from Africa. And Vanderpooji used to say to me every day, he said, Paul, what does Romans 12 want to do say? And I'd say, I don't know. I don't even care, you know. And he says, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, to use your body as a living, holy sacrifice, acceptable, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of the mind. So what? Well, my problem is that what God wanted and what I wanted were two different things. I had to change. <laughs> I had changed where I lived. I had changed my addiction. I had changed my address, uh, 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 my, all kinds of things. But I didn't change my mind. And there I was, faced with this combination of, of things that I had actually started to look at for the first time. You know, the reason I was able to look at it is because everything I thought I loved and everything I thought that I wanted was just pulled away. It was pulled away so fast. And I said, this can't happen to me. I'm a business owner. I'm a clean and sober man. I have a family. You can't do this to me. Well, don't tell the judge that because he'll let you know, clear, that he's in charge. Well, you know, God did the same thing for me. God let me know that he's God, not me. 
And when I realized that I had to change, I thought, this is, this is interesting. You know, I just started to do uh, things that were odd. I started to write with my left hand. One of my friends said, you know, you're getting really good at writing. You know, since you've been here, I noticed you couldn't write. I said, no, I could write fine with my right hand. I wrote with my left hand because I wanted to renew my mind. I knew something was broken inside of me, man. And it hurt so bad. I didn't know what was hurting. I didn't know the combination to it or what had to happen. But I kept hearing this Pastor Vanderpoogey. Poor, what does the Romans 12, 1, 2 say? I'm like, okay, I know what it says. But the next thing was trying to apply it. God gave me a few years, man, to try to apply the renewal of the mind, the change in the way I was thinking. And then it leads me to, to uh, John 2, uh, verses 1 through 11, where I'm sure everybody's really familiar with the story where uh, it's the first miracle and Jesus changes the water into wine. But I was alone in this room, you know, a jail cell, by myself, reading this stuff for the first time again, I'll say. You know, yeah, I'd read the Bible. Sure, I'd heard the story thousands, hundreds of times. But this, this, this day, I looked at it. Now, remember, I started being with people from all over the world. And I saw cultures and, and, and uh, ways people grew up and, and habits that were different from what I knew here. And one of the things I saw was these guys that would do ceremonial washings. You know, and I read the story and I realized these people came from across the desert. They were riding on camels or they were walking with sandals on. They didn't have, you know, Coleman boots like I'm wearing and nice shoes that you guys we're all wearing here today. So when they got there to be prepared for the ceremony and the wedding, they had to wash. They had to get clean. And these vats were where they drew the water from to do that. So what I'm saying is that I realized that this is not like the bucket of water I would go up and say, here, let's have a drink. This was, this was not that type of water. I mean, we wouldn't even go out to the stream on the side of the road and suggest, like, ah, let's have a drink out of here. So this water was not pure spring well water and Deer Park and that kind of water. This water was used for a different purpose. So to suggest that to be something to used to be drinking meant that there had to be a conversion of it for these people to want to drink this. So the command that Mary said that stuck out to me so boldly all of a sudden was, do exactly what Jesus tells you to do. And when I read that, I thought, do exactly what Jesus says to do. But then at the end of the, the story, the guy says, you know, usually they, they, they serve the finest wine first and then, you know, a little cheaper wine later, which anybody like, used to like to drink like I used to knows that trick. But you say the finest wine for the end. And what I realized is by... By doing what Jesus said to do, by applying this stuff, what he says was going to convert me from the dirtiest water to the finest wine. I'm not a piece of junk. I'm not a loser. But I, but I felt like I was. I didn't have joy. I had all of these things. But I didn't have this joy. And I realized it was because of the way that I viewed myself. You know, I could walk in front of a, a room full of people, which I had done many times, and light up the room and have a lot of fun, and, and, and it was great. But the way I felt inside, something was wrong with me. And my problem when I started to look at scriptures and I started to, to be blessed with this time 
with just me and God and some fine quiet time and, and, and a few really good teachers, people of culture that I you just I couldn't have met under other circumstances. I was limited to where I go. I couldn't just say, oh, I gotta go to the store, get eggs and milk or whatever, never you know. We were there. I had ten hours to sit and talk with you about what did Jesus do? How do I love my neighbor as myself? How do I love my enemy? You know, oh yeah, yeah, I love my enemy. Really? Are you sure? Am I, was I sure I was loving my enemy? Was I standing here before you today? I look back eight, nine years ago, and I was not loving my enemy. I was wishing doom on him. But then I would come over here and say, praise the Lord. Everything's great. But it wasn't great because another man taught me this thing. He said, oh, love. I always got stuck around a lot of African guys. I don't know why they were so smart. They had this like, you know, unique ability to see things. But Paul, love and hate cannot occupy the same space. And I took it back to the dirty water. And I thought, you know, if you put a little bit of dirt in water, it's not water. It's dirty. Now, listen, man, I can't clean the water. But Jesus could. And my hate for the guy that cut me off in traffic or for that SOB over there that did this or the guy that never paid me back that 20 bucks sabotaged my water into the finest wine. I was not doing what I was told. I didn't have an ability to. I didn't even realize it existed. I thought that I could do what I wanted and that it would all work out because, really, I didn't think I needed God to do anything. But I did. If you had known me nine years ago, you would have said, oh, that Paul, he's a, he's, he's a pretty good guy. He's funny, and geez, he's, it's great. We've seen him at church. We've seen him over here or there. You know, uh, but if you'd rode in the car with me, if you'd spent enough time with me, you, you'd have seen me, you know, what happens when I stub my toe and get an ice cream headache at the same time, and the language that I used and the demeanor that I, I lived upon, and I had hate and anger, and I, I said, well, what's wrong with you instead of what's wrong with me? I took no responsibility for the things that I did and looked at the whole world to see what was wrong with it. You know, the first thing I read in the Bible when I started off was uh, God created the world and said it was good. Well, I used to spend all day trying to figure out what was wrong with it, why it was bad. And there was nothing wrong with the world. It was the wrong thing was wrong with the way that I was viewing it. It's such a gift and grace from God to be able to look at what Jesus said and love my neighbors. And I love myself because God didn't create no junk. Did, it, did you ever feel like you were junk? Did you ever feel like you were trash because of this, the decisions we made and the choices we made? Well, the book, that I, I, the book we study is, is, it says it's not true. The truth will set me free and you set you free. And that's why I came to stand up here today because... You know, we say we go to the hospital because, you know, I was saying on the way here, you know, one guy, you know, you'd like the barbecue and your face blows up. You're like, oh, man, I can see something happening. Yeah, I broke my leg, man. Sitting in the emergency room at the hospital. It's easy to see. We're all banged up. We came here because we need help. Well, my name is Paul. And I came to these places because I got all banged up. I did all these things. I blew up in my face. I fell off my motorcycle. I did all these things. And my soul and my spirit was banged up. And this here, this here is a, a hospital for spiritually banged up people. 
And we need to put oil on the hinges and get more people to come here. Because if you're anything like me, my life was not working out too well because I thought I could kill the hurt and the pain by doing things that, other than what Jesus said to do. <laughs> other than doing exactly what he said to do and being changed from dirty old used water sitting in a jug into the finest wine. And if you don't think it can happen for you, I'm telling you, it happened to me. And if it happened to me, it can happen for you. It's just about doing what the book, what, what Jesus said to do. He's, he's still here with the message. It hasn't gone away. And that doesn't mean that I don't have to get up every day and make the decision again to follow. To throw my nets down and follow Jesus. It's, and it's okay to do that. I have to get a shower every day. I'm dirty. It's okay to get up every day and make the decision again to say yes to love and no to hate because they can't occupy the same space. And if you're anything like me, just maybe, it's why we feel so hurt because we can't, I can't do it on my own. I have to come sit here with you guys and other people. I need to be surrounded by people that love God Amen. and are saying, I hurt too. Because I need to go to the hospital and say, wow, because you're banged up. And your strength gives me strength. And my strength gives you strength. And so on and so on and so on. We share it with each other. It, 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 when, when I give love, like Jesus said to, I get it back tenfold. And that's just one example. My friend Jason's sitting back there, and he knows right now what I'm talking about. When I say, when I give to people, it's given back to me, because Jason's helped me with something, and I help other people with something, and it just keeps going, and it's wonderful. But I have to follow what Jesus said to do. You know, I've been spending a lot of time at Big Wheel Skating Rink with, with little guys. I, you know, I've been a, a dance skater my whole life, so the big people want me to come out and boogie-woogie on adult night. But I haven't. I've been spending a lot of time with the kids because I know that we need to get out into the community and bring this message. We need to oil the church doors, not just in the direction to say, come in, but we need to get out there as people and say, we're here. We're the ambulance from Bushkill Community Church. We've arrived as paramedics to save lives. And, and, and the tools that we're using are the, 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 the words that Jesus spoke and said for us to do, to love one another. And that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm there, and, and it's so exciting. And it's scary, too. Because then again, the guy over here likes to speak on my shoulder and say, who do you think you are? I'm nobody. I'm a, I'm a, a, a clay vessel that God is using. Let God fill me today. Let God fill you today. Let him fill each and every one of us. And what happens is this transformation. And you know what? I want to talk about that transformation for just a minute. Because I don't know if you guys have ever seen all of this work up here. But these are, this is, this wood I've dealt with. And this is called pallet boards. And I don't know if you know what pallets are. But they're used to ship stuff all over the uh, world. And it's some of the hardest darn lumber that you've ever messed with. And look at here. These here are holes. And I don't know if you've ever tried to pull a nail out of a pallet board. Has anybody? <laughs> that guy? Okay. It's hard. Yeah, we know you pulled hundreds of thousands of them. It's hard. You've got to pull the nail out. And then there's this hole and, and this hard wood, and it's a painful thing. 
And then you're trying to be careful, and then the board breaks, and everything goes flying apart, and you hit your face with the tool that you were trying to, you know, it's like, ah. I remember at one point we were trying to heat our wood stove. We ran out of firewood, and we decided, living right up here in the mountain, and my son and I got a brickload of pallets and sledgehammers. We said, we're just going to go out and break them apart. It's like hitting rubber bands. <laughs> the holes are the evidence of the hard work that Pastor Paul did. He came here, and he pulled all of this apart. And as I sat here last week listening to him preach, I was looking at this beautiful woodwork behind me, but I thought about the hard work and the pain that he went through to make this stuff. Jesus went through pain and hard work for me and for you. It's not about just the words he said, but it's about the nail holes. Because he surrendered. He surrendered everything. And he said, Dear God, if you could take this cup from me, but if not, so be it. And he endured the nail holes for the transfiguration, for the change, to conquer sin and death, and to be raised and sit on the right hand of God. And every week now we can sit here and I, I ask you to join in me. If you want to peel some pallets off of boards, you know, boards off of pallets, that'll be fine. But we can look at this and realize that it's the pain. It's the nail holes. It's the hurts that can change us. And if you're ashamed of the hurt that might have happened in your life, I'll tell you my stories all day long. I got thousands of them. You don't have to hurt. I don't have to hurt anymore. I don't have to be alone. Because I'm, I'm resurrected with the living Christ. <laughs> and so are all of us. And I, I love you guys so much because you're just like me. And I know that. And I haven't heard all of your stories, but I've been blessed for the last several weeks to spend some time with you guys and to get to know some of your stories. And I've listened to some of the prayer requests that you've had. And I've heard the sincere sensitivity in your lives. And you're just like me. <laughs> And you know what? I still want, I, I, I think to myself, do I want this God to put this back the way? Sometimes I feel that way. But I have to remember, I have to come over and knock on the door of the church and come in every Sunday and say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I have to get washed off again. I have to remember that the nail holes are there because those pains are the things that changed my life. And I just want you to sh share them with me and with each other, the way that you've been doing and continue to do it and be encouraged, that that's what, that's what we do, that's what we're here for. And I could not be standing here today if it wasn't for those pains, those things, those things that were stripped from my life because what I thought I wanted and what God wanted were two different things. And it's okay now. Do I understand all of it? No. I don't know why God chose to take people from my life, to, to, to watch people overdose, to have brothers' suicides, and all of the chaotic, crazy things, and there, I could go on for hours. Why? I don't ask why anymore. You know, that's one of the reasons why I hurt so bad, because I wanted to answer why, God. Where does it say that? Where? It doesn't. It says, have faith. 
And I couldn't be here in front of you, standing here. I wouldn't have been willing to do this without that happening in my life, without realizing that there is a God and I'm not him. He knows what he's doing. I don't know why, but I do know one thing, that we can love each other through it. Pastor Paul came to visit me as a pastor and then sooner than later as a friend for nine, almost nine years because we chose to use it to love. And can I use my pains in my life to love? Yes. And that's what sets us apart from living in hate or living in love. And, you know, one thing I thought of this morning, I, I, I was over at uh, St. John's and I, I walked up and I set the paper down. It's early. There's nobody there yet. And I looked at this, this microphone and I was thinking to myself for a minute. Oh, yeah. Hi. See, when I was uh, before all this happened, they used to call me DJ Paul and I DJed all over the East Coast. I ran more skating rinks and skate clubs than you could shake a stick at. I know every boogie woogie song uh, to, to uh, country song to, you know, stuff that you would, couldn't even wrap your head around. Maybe you'd be thankful you don't know some of it, you know. But I remember standing there in Philadelphia one day on this uh, cruise boat. And as I turned the microphone off and sat it down, I thought, I don't know what it is, but I don't belong here. There's, there's something wrong with this. What am I doing, God. Where do I belong? And this morning when I walked up to that microphone and looked at it to set my paper down, I went, hey, old friend, <laughs> how you been? <laughs> I get it. It wasn't easy, but I get it. This is the microphone I belong behind today. And Jesus did this for me by taking everything away that I thought I wanted and given it to me in the way that God wanted me to serve him. Thank you for hearing my story today. I love you guys very much. God bless. I would go to the...